This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So uh, quickly on, on, on the 10 one one start, how have you guys viewed them? We know defensively and in that the Bruins are, you know, as good as really anybody from a structural standpoint and a personnel standpoint, but speed wise, uh, offense wise, how, how, how have you liked their game against Toronto and, and LA and Dallas? Um, some of these teams that we expect to be there, obviously none of those teams, in my opinion, are Vegas or Colorado. Um, but how 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 do you think the visually that the, the Bruins have matched up when it comes to pace of play and just you know they're ten one and one obviously the record says they're amazing but um, how 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 you viewed the the games against the tougher competition so far? I think the last two games in particular they're spending too much time in their own zone, um, and they're now now in the season they're kind of like right around a fifty percent. Corsi team like basically middle of the pack and in shot attempts but that's gone down and part of that is they've been shorthanded on defense like we can't ignore that um but i do think it's it's a it's a formula that puts a lot of pressure on your goalies and their goalies have been up to it especially swayman so they can they can get away with it more than other teams can but at some point and it might be as soon as McAvoy returns, as soon as they get healthier in defense. But, you know, you do want to see them establish themselves in the offensive zone more and spend more time down there, not be able to kill plays quicker in their own end, get out, get in transition. Montgomery's talked all season about being faster in transition. I think that's still something they're working on. So, um, yeah, look, they're ten one and one. It's hard to complain about too much, but like that's one nit that I would pick is they're they're getting pegged pinned into their own zone quite a bit. So none of us here think that it's smoke and mirrors as as far as them being a playoff team, right? But is it a bit smoke and mirrors them being first place in the conference, even if, even if they finish the season as the first place team in the East? Like once the playoffs start, as we learned last year. It doesn't matter. So do you think them being the, the the cream of the crop in the East is a bit smoke and mirrors or too early to tell? I, I think we kind of had a similar question a few podcasts ago, and I don't think it is. I think that they've shown their strengths, and but I don't feel like they have a floor that's bad enough to to drop them very far from where they are, right? Like they're, if you think about it, I don't think that, 
every single person on this team and every single line on this team is way outperforming their abilities. So it's not like we're expecting to see a fall off in, in that kind of play. So I, I think that their their ceiling is first and their floor is also like second. Like I, I feel like that's how good the team is in their in the way that they've been able to find that the depth that they found this season. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's smoke and mirrors. I just think there's still stuff that they're working on and, and need to get better at. Um, but like that said, even even when they've been kind of out-possessed and out-chanced, Montgomery, another thing he's highlighted, he's made a point of emphasis all year, is winning at the net front. And right now they're top 10 in the NHL in high-danger chances for, and they were inside the top 10 in high danger chances against. Um, I think Monday in Dallas, that game bumped them down to 11th, I believe, but they're still up there. So they are doing that pretty well. Like even, even when they spend time in their zone, you know, most of the high danger chances they've given up have been off the rush. I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but on Ness and pregame before last night's before Monday's game, um, they had the staff from Sport Logic, which is not publicly available stuff, so we don't actually get to see it. But they had the Bruins giving up the second most uh, odd man rushes per game. So you clean that up, like you just don't give up as many odd man rushes. Their in zone defense, I think, has been really solid. So, um, you know, they are winning those net front battles that Montgomery has emphasized. And that's hey, like that's playoff style hockey, so that's a good sign. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's smoke and mirrors at all. I do think if they weren't getting such great goaltending, we might be talking about a team that's seven four and one, eight three and one instead of ten one and one, and that's still a really good team, but it's one that's more towards the pack and not running away from it. Imagine just like. I, I said this a while, a couple episodes ago, but if you're the rest of the league and it's even more true now, cause there's more time has passed, but imagine if like, like Pittsburgh just loses Crosby and Malkin. And then in the very next year without replacing them externally, the Penguins are 10, one and one. It's like, what? <laughs> like, it's just, it's, I, they might take that after this year start. God, I, we had in our season previews, I was like, Oh, they're going to be like a bubble playoff team. And as of right now, they're, what are they bottom five? No, they're, they're, six worst in the league mm. um i so was ottawa's not doing great either uh so like there's but there's some teams that pittsburgh has certainly underperformed for what that fan base expected and i know that's not really what your point was brian <laughs> right no no, no but but there's teams ahead of ahead of them right now that i was not thinking would be ahead of them like they're so far out of the wild card race. It's not even funny. Um, so yeah, the Sabres, the Canadians, those are teams that are, that are in front of them right now. So. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah. I, yeah. My, yeah. My point was more or less just like, it's, it, it must just be infuriating. Like yes. For, yes. For, 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 for teams and fans around the league, how is Boston 10, one one they just lost their, their top two centers. And do they go out and sign a, a free agent number one center? No. How is this possible? Like, no, what team can get away with that? Only the Bruins or a team like them who just has stout defense and high-end goaltending. Yeah. 
No, I think Toronto, Toronto, the Toronto fan base gets frustrated easily, but they're definitely probably one of the fan bases that was uh, that was frustrated about the situation. I was watching a little bit of Canadian TV, like reaction to the to the Marshawn, like over the top reaction to the Marshawn thing um, with Lilligren. And this was like their today show, like their legit like morning show, not like a sports show, like their legit morning show had about like a 15 minute discourse about how much they hate like the Leafs response and like I can now tell why nobody wants to play for the Leafs. Well, <laughs> I think so I think if it's the one that I'm that I saw, I think that was uh, Sid. Is it Sid six, six zero or something like that? He used to ha- he used to have a like a sports talk show on on sports, and I think he went to do like the morning show you were saying. So he's he has a he's kind of like the the Mike Felger of Toronto. Like he has like very like pessimistic takes on all their sports teams up there, but he just. But It'd be like if Felger works for like, you know, went to work for, I don't know, Seven News Boston or something, or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was just insanity. Like, I, I don't know, this, we're not trying to go on this tangent, but there was one other thing we wanted to cover before we, before we go completely off base um, and enter back into the side chat, uh, which was, we put out a poll uh, having to do with the conversation we had last podcast with the dry sidle all mark patra crazy giant trade um and we got the results back and scott i don't know if you want to pull up what the poll results were and we also had a lot of comments on youtube and on twitter um and we do actually want to ask another question coming out of this but scott results and facebook had hundreds of comments too yeah keep talking because i have to find it well, okay. su- surprise, surprise, surprise. Um, you know, when S- Scott will read the results, but it was a when you put out this poll in, to a New England audience, a lot of people are going to side with their homegrown talent and their players as opposed to an unbiased national perspective. Um, so I wasn't too surprised with the results and in, in some of the comments because a lot of it really was kind of like not well thought out. It was just like, you know, Bruins avatars just saying in all caps, no way, like with like no explanation. Um, because God forbid, like you you acquire literally probably the second best offensive player in the world, um, and have to give up like Jake DeBrusque and a couple of uh, other pieces that nobody really knew of a month ago. Just saying, um, Scott, do you have the results yet? Was that enough uh, filler busting? Yeah, cool. Yeah, so o- over six hundred votes, eighty percent no, and obviously our audience is mostly Bruins fans, so. That gives you, you know, pretty clearly the Boston perspective. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think it's interesting though because there's like different levels of some are just like straight up no, and then like countered with ridiculous offers that would never get accepted. Whereas like it should just be DeBrusque Allmark in a second, and it's like, well, okay, the Oilers are laughing at you then. Who are they getting for that? Jay J- J- Woodcroft, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, can we, like, try to keep it realistic? Because, like, that's, you know, I ultimately came down on no, but I was, like, I just would want to find a way to downgrade one of those pieces. Like, can I somehow keep Padra or not give up a first-round pick? Like, something like that. Um, And I do think there were some more reasonable responses that were, like, Padra's the sticking point, you know, like, take him out and I'm okay with the rest of it or replace him with, you know, maybe a slightly lesser prospect or, or something. It's, you know, I, I do feel like 
and this certainly wasn't everyone who responded no, but I do feel like there's a decent amount of like really underrating Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, we went over, we went over his numbers, but it's like over the last six years, he, his 82 game average is 51 goals, 68 assists for 119 points. He has 77 points in 49 playoff games. Last year, he scored 13 goals in 12 playoff games. Like, and, you know, it can play physical. Like, he's obviously a bigger body. You know, he's not, like, the biggest hitter in the world, but he, he'll use that body. And um, I do feel like, like, if the Bruins made a blockbuster trade like this and Drysaddle comes and has, like, 15 points in his first nine games, all of a sudden, like, Bruins fans would be in love with him and be like, holy crap, like, this is – like, I, I wrote in the article I wrote up on this, like, he would be their best offensive center since at least Adam Oates, and you'd possibly have to go back even further than that. He'd be their best offensive player. He – he, like, Leon Dreis, there, there aren't many players in the world that are better offensively than David Pasternak or Brad Marchand. He's one of them. Like, he is. Like, a sp- – he is. David Pasternak's been a top five offensive player in the world the last handful of seasons. Leon Dreisaitl has been like a top two. Like it's, it's. I mean, Scott, those numbers you said, like, I don't, can you like just eyeballing, like, like roughly what's his, what's Leon Dreisaitl's point per game average as an NHLer, and his 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 playoff point uh, per 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 game is like almost two points per game in the playoffs in the postseason, and his regular season is probably like. 1.6 or 1.7 points per game. That's what we're talking about. And people are up in arms. No, 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 no. Jake DeBrus can't get rid of Allmark or a first-round draft pick or Lysel. Number one, Lysel's never played a game in the NHL. A fir- no first-round no first draft pick uh, will probably end up be- becoming nearly as good as Leon Dreisaitl's jockstrap. And then Jake DeBrus could walk after this season. It's like people just – they fall in love with their own players. And I admit it's a very difficult <laughs> – decision i was a very i was a, it was a very difficult yes for me but people to your point scott don't realize how good dry side is now people did mention if you lose to brusque and you lose lysel now and in the future you're kind of you're kind and scott in your article you kind of wrote the projected bruins lines this year if they were to get dry and of course i don't like trent frederick and and i think you had him in like the top six like i don't like that so that's something would have to be changed at the deadline um, so your winger depth would be depleted a little bit. Um, but dry is just literally one of the best hockey players in the world. Yeah. Just quickly, but before we kick it to Bridget, but yeah, his, his points per game since 2019, 1.55, 1.50, 1.38, 1.60, and now 1.27 through 11 games this year. I mean, there's a reason why this didn't just die once it was proposed. Like, there's a reason why the debate has continued um, on this trade. Because there's, you could see wanting to make it work, right? You could see wanting to make a deal work to get Leon Dreisaitl if you're the Bruins. And if you're the Oilers, you could see wanting to fix your goaltending and add some prospects and add a number one add a first round pick. Um, but I think the sticking point for most people was Patra 
And the funny thing about that is if you in, in the offseason had suggested that that was a, a fair trade, everybody would have laughed in your face and said the Oilers weren't getting enough. <laughs> so that's, that's the thing. But I, well, but- and, and by the way, Oilers fans hate the trade too. Like the, right. the overwhelming majority of Oilers fans who responded to Butcher Gross weren't doing it either. You, you realize if you did a poll and didn't allow Bruins fans or Oilers fans to vote, you realize – Every other fan would be like, "Who's Matt Patra?" And no disrespect to him, like I love him and I want him on the Bruins for like the next twenty years. I'm just saying, like, I don't. People aren't understanding. Like, what's Matt Patra's ceiling in the NHL? Like, we don't know, but like maybe, maybe a sixty point guy, maybe seventy. Drysaddle's scotches read off his numbers. It, people don't realize how good of a player he is. And guess what? Next season, <laughs> go out there and sign a couple wingers. I mean, what to me, it's not even like it's, 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 I mean, I've said my piece. I can, I I feel like I can explain it from both sides why they don't like it. Like, okay, if you're, imagine you're a Bruins fan and they're like, someone's like, we're going to trade David Posternock for a goalie and like some prospects. You'd be like, no, like what? That's such an unsexy trade. Um, that's probably what people in Edmonton feel like. Um, they probably feel like you don't have to give up that to find a better goalie. You know, Olmark is not the only option out there to, to add a goalie. And you're also thinking maybe this season's done anyway. Maybe we should just try to extend dry cycle and keep them, keep them around and figure out the whole goalie situation at some point this year with something simpler or someone in the off season, like, do we really need to to blow this up and get rid of one of our top players, one of the best players in the world? Um, and if you're the, if you're a Bruins fan, you're like, well, we actually kind of like what this team looks like right now. We kind of like, and, and are excited to see what Potter becomes and, and don't want to get bit by, okay, trade him away. And he's good for the next 18 years and, and dry sidles, nine years older than him. So he's not as long, or maybe you don't aren't able to extend him. I could yeah. see those arguments being both sides. You know, what's interesting is I could see a world where Connor McDavid has more team success and Leon Drysaddle has more team success when they're not together. Like if, if the Oilers were to trade Drysaddle and you get like a, a legit goaltender like Allmark and a couple other pieces to surround McDavid with some stability in that and whatever. And then dry goes to a team like Boston where they have, you know, again, they have all those things as well. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. And again, like I said, off the top of the podcast, Edmonton has waived uh, Jack Campbell. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I don't think anybody's going to really want him maybe, but I don't know. Well, I think and, and- it's just so risky. Like, the risk reward is so difficult to to assess with this trade package well, because and- it has both old and new players. It has players of all different positions. It has needs like both people are filling needs, but also at the um, the exclusion of or, or at the demise of other uh, strengths that they have. Yeah, I mean for Edmonton too, like. Brian, that that split, like, Drysaddle may get very well get traded at some point because he's up after 2025 and is probably looking at something in the Austin Matthews neighborhood, which he just got 13.25 million. And then McDavid's up after 2026 and he's already at 12 and a half. What on earth is his next deal going to be? Like, that is, 
if they do keep both, that is a ton of money committed to two players who admittedly are two of the three or four best players in the world, but they've already struggled to be able to build a good team around them. It's only going to get tougher if they're taking up, you know, an even larger percentage of your salary cap. So I, I don't think the, I don't think the idea of the Oilers trading dry settles like totally insane. Like, I think that's something that they're kind of going to have to explore, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, and not, I don't know. not for nothing. Also, the Bruins aren't sold yet that Patra can be a number one center or Zaka could be a number one center. Like it might just be that the Bruins have a couple of number two centers and Charlie Coyle. Like we don't, and, 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 and so the Bruins might not know who their future number one center is. You like to think it could be Patra or it could be Zaka, but we don't know. And they well, don't in, know. In that case though, don't you, don't you see the Bruins running into the same cap issue that the Oilers would run into with the contract that Pasternak has plus a dry settle contract that's really up there. And then you're going to want to have some of the younger guys that you developed around on the books for a little bit, because those contracts are more manageable. I, I think the Bruins are probably in better shape than Edmonton. Like Edmonton also has Darnell nurse at 9.25. Bruins have McAvoy at nine and a half, but I'll take McAvoy a thousand times out of a thousand over Darnell nurse. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, anytime you have that many big contracts, building out the rest of the roster is is challenging for sure. But, you know, in recent years, we've seen Sweeney be able to get some guys in on cheaper deals. Um, if you have young players contributing, like they're on cheaper deals, it's it's a challenge, but it's not impossible, I guess, is, is what I would say. Um, and to Brian's point, like dry settle answers all your number one center questions. And then you just figure out what to do behind them. Um, I know uh, like, obviously it's all far-fetched. I don't think it's happening, um, but it is fascinating. Certainly got a lot of, a lot of reaction. The, the vast majority of it from Bruins fans, which was don't do it. Um but I don't know. I, I'm certainly much more torn than than the majority on this one. Yeah, I was I'm like scrolling through our comments on Twitter. And, you know, some people were proposing their own versions of this. Uh, a lot of them were off the mark. <laughs> yeah, they, they, would, they would only do it if it was like um, this one, you know, Forber and Bob Asenza. No, this one is. Um, they, hey, the orders might do that because I do think part of their problem is coaching. Like, I'm sorry, like, Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner should not suck as much as they do. Like, the, those guys aren't – like, there is some talent there, and they just can't get it out of those guys. We're not willing to trade goalie, Bob, okay? We're not. Bob Asenza stays. Montgomery was after he's Game 7 last year. <laughs> he's he's untouchable. Um, so this one says, Allmark, DeBrusque, and Forbert. For yes. dry cycle. I think so, not right. Here's I mean, the thing, guys, there's a salary cap and that trade doesn't make sense. The Oilers nope. can't do that. They don't have enough cap space. Nope, they don't. And also, I feel like that Forbert one was thrown in just because this person doesn't like Forbert. <laughs> like it's just like also take this because we don't we're done. Um and we don't 
just because uh, what if it was Lorai instead of um Patra? Yeah, I saw someone mention that. Like that's that's certainly interesting. Um I I think in in my mind I probably valued those two about equally. Um so it doesn't it doesn't fundamentally change the deal for me. I guess it would just be, you know, what is Edmonton looking? Obviously Edmonton is going to want a I would think they'd want a center if they're trading Drysaitel. Yeah, they would. Um but I don't know that that I, team also needs a ton of help on defense. So. I definitely, uh, I, you you value Lorai and, and Patra equally. I mean, based on I, positional needs, I I think Patra is head and shoulders more because you have Lindholm locked in, and I mean, I like Lorai's a Patra's a necessity. Lorai at this current stage is kind of a luxury. Yeah, I, I guess I'm saying in terms of how, just how I evaluate them as players and what they can be like. Yeah, I, I agree. Right now, Padra fills more of a need, both in the present and the future. Um, but like, and you're right. Like, Laura would be probably be slightly easier to move because you have Lindholm and McAvoy locked up. But like, I'm not telling Edmonton that. Like, in my mind, if I'm talking to Edmonton, it's like, no, these both are very highly valued players as they should be because they both have a lot of potential. I I feel like I'm much more apt to do the trade if it's Lorai because of what Brian mentioned. Like you, you already have McAvoy and Lindholm tied up long-term. Like if you could get Carlo, Carlo already still has years on his contract, but if you could keep him around, um, I feel like your defense is more set than your center position. And if you were able to keep Potter, then you'd you'd go from being like trying to fill center gaps to being probably the elite, most elite team at center in the league. But yeah. if, well, but if you're getting Drysital, then you do you also have now you have Drysital at center, Zaka through 2027, Coyle through 2026. Like now, there's not as much of a there's not a need at center either. So. Just pointing that out. Yeah. Well, it's all hypothetical. And what I, one thing that we wanted to mention before we finished this debate was um, I put the little mailbag graphic up because if you have an idea that you think is better than this one, um, send us your email, put a comment uh, at the bottom of this YouTube video, uh, tweet at us your better version, but it has to be realistic. Like we're not talking about sending forward for dry sidle. Yeah, well, and specifically, I, I guess to keep it to make it even more open ended, like, are you open to trading a goalie at all? You know, like, this has obviously once again been a talk radio topic, but trying to keep it among maybe more more serious hockey minds, like, are are people open to it at all? So you know, shoot us your ideas for just how you would handle the goaltending. Are you all in on keeping Allmark and Swayman together? for at least this season or are you open to trading one of them? I mean, I know, I, I know the, uh, the biggest strength of the Bruins and every Bruins fan will say it, or most of them is, is the tandem they have in goal. I get it. But all I will say is it is an absolute luxury to have two of the top goalies in the league on the same roster. You don't need two of the top goalies in the league in the same roster. If you have, if you have two, that means you can, you'll still have one in part with another, like, 
you you watch Jeremy Swayman and his composure and at his age, I mean, he is he is a I think he's a pretty special goaltender. I think he's only gonna get better and better. And I think Allmark is phenomenal too. Um and whatever. I just think you, you, you can't go wrong. I think if 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 you keep them, lovely. If you trade one of them, you still have one of the best goalies in the world, I think. And but I think it's kind of a win-win. But but Brian, what about the goalie hugs? What about the goalie hugs? The goalie I'm... hugs are gonna have to they're gonna have to come to an end at some point, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Are we supposed to answer this right now? Because I have thoughts, but like I don't want to like no, asking people to send in the question. Yeah. No, no. We've, just... already, we've already run long, so let's. Yeah. let's get... I want to say something. It's a little little appetizer, you know. It's you know oh, cheesecake okay. factory nachos, you know. Just keep okay. eating the appetizer. We'll get the entrees maybe on Friday. Fine. All right. Fine. Do either of you have well, Bridget? I know you, you wanted to have something to say, but oh, um, wait. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have that cliffhanger so that people they have to listen up. Right now, people are like, "Oh, come on, Bridget, say it, say it, say it!" But <laughs> nope, you're gonna have to wait till next episode now. Yeah. So that that's a cliffhanger. That that's a major league tease. Um, yeah, so yeah. Send send us ideas at the skate pod on Twitter, skatepod at wei.com email, and anything or, else either, or just comment on YouTube. Yeah, any other ideas? Any other thoughts? What what you want to see them do with Lori and any anything anything at all? Any questions that ever come across your mind? All right, Bridget and Scott, that's good. Wrap it up there. We're good. All right, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you very soon.